Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. My name is Richard Bryant, and I am your host. It's May 8th, 2020. This is the Corona Chronicles, Day 57. Here are tonight's news and notes. From our friends at Variety, will the Tonys be canceled? Broadway's biggest night might not happen in 2020. This was presented by Ramin Situdeh, Brent Lang, and Jazz Tanke. For the past seven decades, the show has always gone on for the Tony Awards, which honor the best Broadway performances and productions. But with the 74th edition being postponed from its planned June 7th date due to the coronavirus, there's a real chance that the ceremony will be scrapped altogether this year. Multiple sources tell Variety. As the future of Broadway remains uncertain, with a deserted Times Square and tourists steering clear of Manhattan, insiders say that discussions by the committee that plans the Tonys has come to a standstill. Part of the reason for cancellation would be logistics. While Tony voters and the award's 54-member nominating committee are asked to see musicals and plays when they open, not everyone can keep up. Thus, April is usually a period When voters cram in the shows they missed, which was impossible this year after 31 musicals and plays abruptly went dark on March 12th to prevent the spread of the virus. The same goes for the larger body of Tony voters, who decide who takes home the statues after the nominating committee whittles down the potential candidates to a handful of contenders. A representative for Tony Award Productions, the joint venture from the Broadway League and American Theater Wing, which plans the Tonys, declined the comment. The fate of the Tonys is more complicated than that of other award shows. Unlike the Oscars or the Emmys, the purpose of the Tonys is to encourage audiences to leave their homes and buy tickets to live theater, an impossible mission when mass gatherings are banned. And yet, much of the theater community believes that it's important to honor the best productions of the 2019-2020 season. Otherwise, frontrunners such as Moulin Rouge, Jagged Little Pill, Tina, the Tina Turner musical, Slave Play, and The Inheritance will be robbed of the awards they had a good chance of winning. The Tonys must go on this season, in some form, because the blood, sweat, and tears, and full-on passion it takes to make theater simply deserves it, says Montego Glover of Memphis, who was nominated for Best Actress in a musical in 2010, and whose play, All the Natalie Portmans, is among those that stopped adds producer Justin Makita of The Torch Song, the spirit of the Tonys will remind theatergoers of the love that comes from live performance and will give hope to those affected by the crisis. The Tonys bring immense joy to the theater people across the globe, so please, at least for one night, let us remember to sing, dance, and celebrate. But the obstacles to holding an award show when Broadway is dark will be difficult to overcome. While there could be a way to award statues over Zoom, with singers gathering as they did for Stephen Sondheim's 90th birthday celebration, there would be no way to translate buzz from the event into ticket sales. Some Broadway producers may be wary of devoting time, resources, and money to staging COVID-19 safe production numbers, because with theaters closed, they won't be able to realize any return on their investment. According to sources, CBS, which broadcasts the telecast, hasn't expressed interest in a lo-fi version of the show. A representative from CBS didn't respond to a request for comment, but a source with knowledge of the network's internal discussions 
says that a Zoom version of the Tonys has yet to be pitched. If the Tonys don't happen this year, the next logical step would be to combine the next two seasons for a single ceremony, possibly in the summer of 2021. That would put some musicals and plays at a disadvantage, given that they'd have to live on in voters' minds for another 12 months, or possibly longer. Even if the ceremony is delayed until next year, many productions that were expected to be major contenders won't get a chance to shine. The producers of Martin McDonough's Hangman and a revival of Who's Afraid of Gin- Virginia Woolf closed their shows before they even got out of previews and don't plan to reopen when Broadway does. The fate of other highly anticipated shows, such as Mrs. Doubtfire, the musical, and the Layman trilogy is unclear. A third option is also on the table. If productions return in the fall or winter, there has been talk of hosting a general celebration of Broadway with numbers from past musicals, think Avenue Q or Les Mis, by star-studded crooners. While plans are still being drawn, in one scenario, the singers would perform live in a single Broadway house after agreeing to a voluntary period of self-isolation to make sure that they aren't contagious. Statues could still be awarded, but such a show would be more focused on the reopening of Broadway to ease the nerves of the public. That, the hybrid ceremony might coincide with the awards 75th anniversary, would add to their luster, proponents say. My thoughts on the Tony Awards are a bit different, says Jeanette Bayardil, who is set to co-star in The Girl from the North Country. During this time, I feel Broadway as a whole should be celebrated, every show and every performer. We managed to survive being in the epicenter of the pandemic. Page 2. From our friends at What's On Stage. Streaming has created the best free festival in history, but theater needs donations to keep the show on the road. Without funding, work like that being shown for free will never be made again. This article was produced by Alex Wood. The 16th of March is going to be a number etched into the history of the performing arts across the UK. The day the call came. Close down. Stay shut. It isn't safe for you to be open. Within weeks, theaters had mobilized archives, announcing what they were planning to stream online, how much it might cost, which charity it was raising money for. Here at What's On Stage, we've been meticulously trying to keep track of it all, and in the last month and a half, many millions of you have been flocking to the site to find out what's available to watch. While a lot of the shows streamed have been big, gargantuan hits, the fact that the National is presenting Inua Ellum's Sublime Barbershop Chronicles next week is a major cause for celebration. While pilot theaters, Croton Nights, was a rollicking blast and a glimpse of what the future of performance might look like. Last week, I watched David Ireland's blistering Cypress Avenue before hopping over to Definitely's YouTube page for Love's Labor's Lost. In short, the greatest festival has been assembled, and it's all free on the internet. Fringe work sit side-by-side with big productions from big producing houses. Rock musicals, Eugenius, Curve Leicester's Memoirs of an Asian Football Casual, The Globe's historic Richard II with Adjua Ando, or Sally Cookson's Jane Eyre. There's certainly no comparison whatsoever with witnessing it live, but it's a pretty veritable embarrassment of riches nonetheless. What all the online theater has done is beamed out UK-grown shows to global audiences. It's brought work to UK shores. The International Online Theatre Festival has presented some gems, including Shabuna's Berlin's Katie Mitchell and Alice Birchled's Orlando. 
or Milo Rao's Lenin. What's more, it gives fan favorites another spot in the limelight. The Tearaway Broad musical Wasted being an obvious example. In the middle of lockdowns, these stream shows keep the performing arts fresh in everyone's minds. They might even coax brand new audiences into venues once the virus subsides. They highlight just how revelatory and malleable theater can be. Take the Lyric Hammersmith's production of A Doll's House, adapted by Tanika Gupta, transporting Ibsen's story to 19th century Kolkata and letting it unfurl with new themes and truths. It also gives a wider platform to rising stars. In this case, a nuanced central turn from the award-nominated Anjana Vasan. There are a few significant caveats. Venues and companies must do everything they can to make sure that all of the work is accessible. As Stage Text recently reported, two and a half million people watched The Phantom of the Opera with subtitles, a record number for the company. Where possible, recording audio introductions and making resource packs available can go a long way. Most importantly, though, just because the work is being streamed for free doesn't mean the producers behind it are sitting pretty on stacks of cash. Every week brings dire and dire news about the impact of both lockdowns and social distancing on venues and companies. A brief look on Companies House reveals some theaters are already strapped, now lacking their biggest source of income. Without adequate funding, especially once quarantines are over, productions like those being shown for free right now will never be made again. If you have the means, please donate when you watch a show online. Think about the follow spot operator lighting the stars or the seamstress working their backstage, their magic backstage. These roles are vital for the thrilling nature of performance, and many freelancers are currently jobless. It's, it's heartening to hear the National confirm that it's making a nominal payment to all artists involved in its shows placed on YouTube, in the same week that artistic director Rufus Norris warned of the venue's future. Only through sustained support can theaters return to producing top-class art, when talented creatives can let their passions shine. Page 3 From our friends at Playbill.com, the National Theater to release streams of A Streetcar Named Desire starring Gillian Anderson, Coriolanus, and more. This article was presented by Dan Meyer. The National Theater at Home has unveiled a powerhouse slate of upcoming streams that includes... A Streetcar Named Desire starring Gillian Anderson and Coriolanus with Tom Hiddleston. As previously announced, the 2018 production Shakespeare's Antony and Cleopatra starring Ralph Fiennes and Sophie Okonedo and directed by Simon Goodwin streams May 7th. Following the Shakespearean tragedy is Inua Elam's Barbershop Chronicles, May 14th. Directed by Bijan Shibani, the cast includes Fasao Akinade, Hamed Anemashwan, Cyril Nuri, and Sul Rimi. The production was captured at the National Theater in January 2018 during its second sold-out run at the Dorfman. 2014 NT live broadcast of Tennessee Williams' a Streetcar Named Desire follows May 21st. Joining Anderson as Blanche are Ben Foster as Stanley and Vanessa Kirby as Stella. The production, which also played Brooklyn's St. Anne's Warehouse, is directed by Benedict Andrews. The 2013 production of This House by James Graham streams May 28th. Jeremy Heron directs a cast including Phil Daniels, Reese Dinsdale, Charles Edwards, and Vincent Franklin. 
Streaming June 4th is the Donmar Warehouse production of Coriolanus, starring Tim Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston, and staged by former artistic director Josie Rourke. The cast also includes Alfred Enoch, Deborah Finlay, and Mark Gathez. All productions will be available at, to stream for free seven days following its premiere on YouTube at 2 p.m. Eastern on its scheduled date of release. The series has already shown One Man, Two Governors, Jane Eyre, Treasure Island, and Frankenstein, starring Johnny Lee Miller and Benedict Cumberbatch. In addition to the full-length video recordings, the company has launched a virtual trivia game featuring stage and screen stars providing the questions. The next National Theatre at Home quiz will be available May 25th. Introduced by playwright Graham and featuring Imelda Stoughton, Jim Carter, Lucian Masamati, Mira Sill, Simon Callow, Tamsin Grieg, and Jesse Buckley posing the questions on topics including science and nature, literature, and theater. Also from our friends at Playbill.com, Lin-Manuel Miranda launches campaigns supporting immigrant communities amid COVID-19 pandemic. Also presented by Dan Meyer. Lin-Manuel Miranda, along with his friends and family, have launched the new campaign, Raise Up which donates funds to the Hispanic Federation's Emergency Assistance Fund to help those affected by the COVID-19 pandemic in immigrant communities. In the thick of one of our country's most trying chapters, immigrant communities are showing up, stepping up, and getting the job done, said Miranda. Despite these acts of heroism, they are often being overlooked and left behind. Among the fundraising efforts are the chance to win tickets to the first performance of Hamilton when the Tony and Pulitzer Prize-winning musical returns to Broadway. The sweepstakes is available through the donation-based entry platform, Prizio. RaiseUp is also partnered with Charity Buzz, which will host auction items like a private virtual dance lesson with Miranda's parents, Louis and Luz, a private movie screen at Eva Duvernay's Array Campus, and a virtual cooking session with Chef Jose Andre. The Miranda family collaborated with the Hispanic Federation to create the Emergency Assistance Fund with the goal of ensuring that immigrant-focused community-based nonprofits are able to relief, to provide relief and support to the vulnerable families and communities they care for and serve. To donate, bid, or enter the sweepstakes, visit RaiseUpFund.com. Again, to donate, bid, or enter the sweepstakes, please visit RaiseUpFund.com. In our news from our friends at USITT, the ESTA Technical Standards Program has announced that there are two standards that have been revised and are being offered for public review. You can read and comment on these two revised standards. The public review period for both draft standards runs through June 28, 2020. More information is available by going to USITT's Facebook page and visiting the link for USITT's ESTA TSP News. Also, if you're a stage manager or are interested in the field of stage management, this online discussion from Theater Art Life is for you. Dean Jewell, Nathan Grimolis, Anna Robb, Madison Burkett, and Rebecca Reese confer about preparing for and handling major show stops, how they prepared and rehearsed for emergencies, the onstage and backstage processes, and systems put in place to prevent accidents and injuries, and more. You can watch now at the Theater Life. Dot com, or you can visit USITT's Facebook page to follow the link there. Other news from USITT. 
A new episode alert. The 2020 Robert E. Cohen Sound Achievement Award winner and sound designer Jeff Sherwood joined joined us for our latest episode of Technically Speaking, USITT's new podcast. They chatted about his love for music, most challenging designs, his thoughts on what the next 10 years of sound design will look like, and, of course, their favorite podcast topic, Tech Week Snacks. There's a call for proposals, forums, and sessions. Do you have an idea for a forum webinar or conference session? Let USITT know. It's that time again where we call on you to submit your conference session ideas for our annual conference and stage expo. This year, we have an extra opportunity for you, forum webinar proposals. If you have an innovative and educational session idea for next year's conference or a forum webinar proposal to be presented throughout the year, USITT wants to hear from you. New this year, this is the first year we are accepting proposals for our forum webinars, so let's hear your ideas. If you have an educational topic you've been dying to share, a topic that may not fit into the conference session niche, or you'd like to present your educational offerings through a webinar format, our forum webinars are a perfect fit. If you receive USITT's newsletter, you'll be able to follow the links there. Otherwise, please check USITT.org or there, there are many social media platforms for more information. On Friday, May 15th, 2020 at 2 p.m., you can join USITT for their annual membership meeting. The annual meeting of the USITT membership as required in the Institute bylaws will be held on Friday, May 15th, 2020 at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Annual reports will be shared by the board president, treasurer, and secretary concerning elections, finances, and the membership. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, this meeting will be held via Zoom webinar. To access the meeting, you must register. Thank you for your continued membership in USITT. We wish you safety and health in this time. In other news, beginning Tuesday, May 12, 2020, USITT News at Noon webinars will broadcast live every Tuesday and Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Zoom and Facebook Live. News at Noon will provide you with the latest and most up-to-date industry news, give you a behind-the-scenes look at everything USITT, and keep you up-to-date on all things related to the 2021 Conference and Stage Expo coming up March 2021 in Columbus, Ohio. They look forward to seeing you on Tuesday. Next week's online learning schedule. Please join us for next week's Forum at Four webinars. This is the perfect time to hop on and learn something new. Come out on the other side with a new set of skills, knowledge, and connections. Next week, we have educational offerings ranging from shop culture and sanitation planning to automation and theater education. We'll see you Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time for another week of high-quality education. Here is a list of the events coming up. On Monday, May 11th, Making History. On Tuesday, a double, a double bill. You have the choice of build a powerful LinkedIn profile, a professional recruiter's view, or you are welcome here, improving, improving shop culture in educational theater. Those are both on Tuesday, May 12th. On Wednesday, May 13th, again, a double bill. You have the option of, on the horizon, forecasting the future of theater education, or sanitation planning for venues, churches, and performing spaces. Again, both on Wednesday, May 13th. To close out the week, a, and another double bill. On Thursday, May 14th, 
you have the option of Everybody's Welcome, producing sensory-friendly shows, or the future of entertainment automation is epic Q. Let me say that again to make sure that I get it absolutely correct. The future of entertainment automation is epic Q. And finally, in a sad note, in memoriam, Pete Hap. He was a USIT fellow and lighting designer remembered by fellow Tim Kelly. He writes, A little magic has gone out of the world when Pete Hap passed away in a hospital near his La Crescenta, California home Monday, May 4th. Edie, Pete's wife of 54 years, said he waged a determined battle, but his lungs, oxygen level, and heart finally succumbed to the inevitable. This was not the COVID-19 that has been ravaging the planet, and it sees as he'd been tested a number of times for the virus. After cremation, Pete's ashes will be interred beside those of his beloved daughter, Roberta. Post-growing up and some college in Minnesota, Pete moved to Denver, where he attended Denver University. After graduating in 1971, he started his long and varied career in the entertainment business. In the late 60s, he kicked off his professional career as lighting designer, production manager for the Colorado Music Hall. Another piece of his show business career was as lighting designer and road manager for Max Moran, the ragtime piano man. Off and on, during the 70s, he toured the United States with Max, living the ragtime life and gaining the hard-earned knowledge of a roadie. Before I conclude today's podcast, I want to once again extend my gratitude to, to the members of our armed services, to the healthcare workers, our nurses and doctors, to the first responders, the police, fire, and emergency service officers around the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please join me in continuing to support these women and men as they face this near impossible task of saving lives in the face of such great adversity. Please support your local food bank and shelters. If possible, donate blood at one of your local Red Crosses. Be sure to check in on the elderly and support those who have special needs. Reach out to a friend and help not only make their day, but also improve your own. I'd like to conclude today's podcast with a film quote from a film called HUD. HUD is a 1963 American Western drama film directed by Martin Ritt and starring Paul Newman, Melvin Douglas, and Patricia Neal. This quote comes from the character Homer Bannon. He says, Little by little, the look of the country changes because of the men we admire. You're just going to have to make up your own mind one day about what's right and wrong. My name is Richard Bryant, and I have been your host. It's May 8th, 2020, and this has been the Corona Chronicles, Day 57. Take care, be well, and good night. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on how to make this podcast better, please send them to archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's archivett24 at yahoo.com.